Welcome to the Alpha Blur Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Maynard. As always, I have another great guest for you, Peter Klennot. He has several books, but we mainly focus on his new book, Unwanted, which is a World War II story that sounds like it has a lot of gripping issues, a lot of mystery, and something to keep you on your toes. So with that being said, you should listen to what he has to say should hopefully find out if this book is something you're going to love because that's what I'm here to do is help you find new books and then follow him, keep tabs on him. If you actually do enjoy his book and you want to share it, you have the links in the show notes of where you can find him. As always, go to authorblurb.com. You know, there you'll find the profiles for all the authors I have. You'll find the shows that we have already on air, places you can find them and listen to them or watch them, YouTube, Rumble. I'm trying to put this everywhere I can so that you can enjoy them. So take that opportunity, subscribe so you don't miss any other shows because, well, like I said, I have a lot of great guests, a lot of great authors and very interesting books that you just don't want to miss. Take the time, subscribe, find where you want to listen to or watch the show and Rate me, review me, leave a comment, let me know how I'm doing. If you don't want to put it publicly, shoot me an email through authorblurb.com. Obviously, it's the show name.com. Not that difficult. I figure you can get it worked out one way or another. And one thing I wouldn't like to add is if there's an author that you feel would be great for me to talk with, shoot me an email with the person's information. Contact me on social media. I'm happy to talk with about anybody, and normally I'll reach out if somebody has a guest or an author that they like to suggest. So again, thank you for being here as always. I hope you find that author, find that book, find whatever it is that you enjoy and be able to connect with them. All of us authors, we do love to have people read our books, let us know what they think of it, and share it and tell other people, just like I want you to do with this show. So, again, thank you. Hope you enjoy the show, and I'll talk to you again next week. So, I'm here with Peter Klennot. He wrote multiple books. Today, we're going to be discussing mostly about his book, Unwanted. But, Peter, as everyone knows, it's always better for you to discuss yourself and your books. Can you give a people a bit of understanding of who you are, what you write, and we'll go into our conversation? Sure. Well, I was born in Portland, Maine, and, and grew up there, went to school at Bowdoin College, then drifted down to Massachusetts, where I've been living ever since. Uh, I actually didn't know I wanted to be a writer until I completed my last college exam. You know, had I known I wanted to be a writer in high school, I might have done things very differently, <laughs> but I didn't. So I started writing, uh, and we're talking about now May of 1973, so it's been almost a half century. So I've got quite an experience in, in writing uh, novels and screenplays, big history of rejection as well. Um, but I, you know, I finally have made it. I certainly can talk a, a lot on the writing experience, trying to get this stuff published, marketed, all of that. Um, as far as the work is concerned, I, I never wanted to get pinned down to one genre, uh, although obviously people like Stephen King are extremely successful in their genre. Right, and I, didn't, and I didn't want to get pinned down. Also, writing the same novel all over again. So, you see a lot of mystery writers; they're extremely successful writing mm -hmm. about about one detective 
over 15, 20 novels. Uh, I tend to write what interests me. So something I, that whatever sparks my interest could be anything that gets me going on a particular novel. So I've written historical, I've written science fiction, I have a ghost story, thrillers, you name it. My my objective is that if you see my name on a novel, it doesn't matter what the genre is, you know it's well written. I understand, and that's always a good thing to have. So let's. what did you actually first write? What was the type of book you first got, got you into writing? Well, the first, very first thing of that May of 1973 was science fiction. As a kid, I liked to read. Then I stopped reading until I got to college, bored with textbooks. I took up fiction again. And, right. it, so, and it so happens my father had a lot of paperbacks. He, he left after, after work, after supper, would sit down and read. So he had a lot of Robert Heinlein, Isaac Asimov, uh, Ray Bradbury. So mm-hmm. I started out with science fiction. And then for whatever reason, I'm not sure why, I drifted into historical fiction. Uh, All right. That became, that became something I, I tend to read more of now. Um, although, again, I'm still writing whatever I think I can market that still interests me. Right. So with that, you got into science fiction was your first one. Yeah. And then you're more focused now with, I guess the question I have is, your books that you write, they're in historical fiction. But are you sitting in a specific area of historical fiction, like thrillers or adventures? I saw like um, one book that was taking place that was kind of a um, suspenseful thriller. I'm trying to think of what to describe it, where the young girl was involved in an issue with when Saddam Hussein was being attacked. That comes to mind. There are three. There are three books that have been published in one form or another. The first right. was was called Hunting the King, which I suppose, and people accuse me of, it's like a Dan Brown type of novel. And it, it involves an archaeologist uh, during the Gulf War, going into Iraq, looking for the physical remains of Jesus. Actually, I wrote this before Dan Brown's novel came out. Um, so, but this was published by a small Canadian publishing house, no longer in existence. They All liked right. it, but because it came out after Dan Brown's novel, I was, you know, some people thought I was just copying him, but I, I wasn't. Um, subsequently, I published a novel, which is kind of a thriller. Um, it fall, it, it involves a helicopter landing in the Amazon rainforest. It's uh, forced land, and they come across a small, the small remnants of an Indian tribe, a few children, an elderly man. Their tribe had fled into the Amazon thousands of years before, and fear kept them in the forest. When the helicopter crew takes them to the nearest medical facility, they discover that something isn't quite right with their DNA. So this right. is a, there is a thriller. Uh, that one came out. Um, that one I self-published as an experiment through iUniverse. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there are any iUniverse people online, but I would say it was an experiment that for me failed. I wouldn't do it again. I, I wouldn't advise anybody to do it. Uh, they did a good novel, the product's fine, but they, they after that, they just keep emailing you, oh, well, for another $10,000, we'll take it to Hollywood. Another $50,000, we'll do this. And, uh, and so it's just a, a money grab. Right. Um, I did have another novel published once the Canadian publisher went out of business, one of their writers decided to try to online publishing themselves. Uh, so through them, I published a novel, what I call Pandora Island, about a young girl who's raised in the rainforest in the Congo by her parents who are 
anthropologist studying the local chimpanzee population. Mother dies. She's sent back to the United States, but she just can't cope. She's she's been raised in the rainforest. She's, she's on all kinds of medication. She just she gets kicked out of school after school. When her father disappears in the rainforest, she's sent back to the Congo to try to find him. And she can do this because she's learned how to communicate with the chimpanzees using sign language. So that's, you know, it's a, I guess it's a kind of a thriller. Um, but I thought an interesting idea, you know, what would happen if chimpanzees in the rainforest had learned how basically to speak, not, right. not vocally, but through the hands, and then were left on their own. Would they evolve? Would they learn how to, how, would they pass that knowledge on to their children? That was the basic idea that led me to, to write the novel. Uh, but, it, but as you can see, I write, if an idea interests me, I saw an advertisement, for example, uh, I think it was probably online, about somebody who schedules vacations of all places on the North Pole. Bizarre, but it was an interesting idea. So what they do is they have these the lavish pods. It's not like a tent, you know, you're right. not braving the wild, but they have these lavish tents that you set up on the ice. You know, maybe you watch the Aurora Borealis, maybe you ski, watch for polar bears, whatever you do, it's an experience that you can relate, that you can set, talk, talk to people about being very un unusual. So I created, I guess it's called a thriller science fiction out of that, which has not been published. It's just, again, another novel that's waiting. Okay. The idea was you, you have the hero, his girlfriend has to bow out. So he's on the ice with a bunch of other people in their own separate pods. Uh, his the person who's become his roommate is a stranger. All of them, as it turns out, have little secrets. There's there's reasons they're there. But the first night that he's there, he hears this odd scratching below the ice. He says, "What what the hell is that?" Um, scratching goes. The next morning, he wakes up and one of the pods is missing. Everybody in it, all the people are in it, they're gone. So it's a thriller, and, and they, these people are, are stuck on the ice with something under the under the ice that's threatening. So. Again, very different from other things that, that I've done. For example, the latest uh, novel, The Unwanted. But I, like I said, I, I try to write things that interest me. I don't want right. to get stuck stuck in a genre or, or, or with the same character where ultimately I'm just going to, even if it's successful, it's just going to be boring. Well, you want to avoid what's not interesting to you because, one, writing is something that you have to have the passion for. Like you said, it's just stamping something out. So... Let's go into Unwanted then, and tell me a bit about Unwanted, because is Unwanted the one that takes place in World War II time frame? Yes, or? yes it's, called, right. it's called The Unwanted, and my grandfather uh, was a World War I veteran, uh, was the commander of an air base in Iceland in World War II, and after the war was a prosecutor of Nazi. Um, so three years ago, I decided, well, I want to get back to writing. Uh, nothing's been successful yet, so I want to write something because I enjoy doing it. Right. That will that has a chance to be successful. So you know, mysteries are popular. So okay, let's let's try to do a mystery. Uh, period pieces are, are very popular. We've seen Downton Abbey, but you know, place stories that take place in World War One, World War Two. So I thought I'd set something in that time frame uh, that takes place actually before, during, and after World War Two in Germany. Uh, around the Holocaust and the Nuremberg trials. And I, I didn't know quite what that would be until uh, I, I began to do all the research. And as I did the research, I, the novel began to build itself. You know, I was never really a great student. I would be the type of person who, who would zone out while the teacher was lecturing. Right. Um, so I'm better off learning on my own. Uh, all right. And so 
as I was doing the research on the trial, I learned things that I hadn't known. So, for example, uh, at the beginning of World War II, the Nazis began to actually experiment on their own children. If you were uh, disabled physically or mentally, mentally handicapped, depressed, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenic, they set up euthanasia clinics. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they knew soldiers would be coming back from the front and they wanted hospital space for them, not for people who they didn't think deserved the, the, the medical care. Also, as you know, the, they believed in Aryan purity. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just a matter of getting rid of Jews and homosexuals and gypsies and whoever else didn't fit the mold. They wanted perfection and they didn't want any of their the non-perfect people to pass on their genes to another generation. Right. So, so if you were a family that had, a say, a schizophrenic child, you could voluntarily surrender them to one of these clinics or a psychiatrist could peak paper them. Now, theoretically, right. theoretically, the clinics were set up where they would just get good care. They'd be taken care of. But in fact, what was happening is the children would be starved to death, injected with poison, and they began experimenting with the Zyklon B gas, which they ultimately use at Auschwitz and other concentration camps on their own children. So the children would be sent there. They'd have buses with which would be boarded up. They'd have hoses leading from, with, from canisters of gas into the bus, and they'd kill multiple children cheaply at once. So out of this information, I came up with a character named uh, Hannah Zegler, who as the novel opens up, she's 14 years old. She's being taken by her psychiatrist and her grandfather to a clinic to be euthanized. Uh, I also learned that there was an organization called the Bund Deutsche Mutter, which was like the female version of the Nazi youth. Uh, the Germans wanted their boys and girls to, to be participants in these organizations to become good Nazis. You know, if your family, mm -hmm. if your family didn't want them, they could get into trouble. So for the girls, they were being raised to become quintessential Aryan females, good mothers, good daughters, good sisters. But they also had to be able to shoot a rifle. Uh, drive a tank, do whatever they needed to do, be, be mm -hmm. super, super women. And out of that came a 16-year-old character named Silky Hartenstein. Um, and Silky is, is a blonde, blue-eyed Aryan. She graces the cover of Nazi propaganda magazines, but she's not a Nazi. And she forms this unusual bond with somebody, with Hannah, who's completely unlike her. Uh, but the novel is also a mystery. Uh, and the publisher that I work with, Level Best Books, if you have if you're a mystery writer, you might consider sending stuff there. They're, they're very good. Uh, they tend to publish what's, what's called like kind of the beach mystery, where you have the, the detective, the murder victim, and the suspects. And the basic premise of the novel is just how does the detective decide which one of these suspects is the killer? And, right. and, the, and, and the pleasure that the reader try to get is try to figure out before the writer gets to the conclusion, which who's the killer, you know, decent novels, but ones that you tend to perhaps set aside and get on to the next. I like my novels to be ones that you don't just set aside, you remember. But there is a murder and there is vengeance in this novel and there is a detective. But the detective in this case is, is not the main character, Hannah and Silky are. Uh, but Detective Avi Chrysler is an interesting character and he does become one of the main characters in the, in the sequel. His story is that what people don't realize, German Jews uh, before the war looked at themselves more as German than Jewish. If you were to ask them, are you German, are you Jewish? They would say, well, a German first and Jewish second. Right. Many, many German Jews actually fought for Germany in World War I. 
sacrificed their lives, got medals of honor, fighting for their homeland, Germany. So mm-hmm. it came as a horrible shock to them when they were considered not German and were set out to be destroyed. Avi's father was a veteran of World War I, and, and Chrysler himself becomes a detective in the Munich Police Department until he is swept up in the, in the Holocaust and sent to Dachau. So, so you have the mystery element, but you also have a lot more depth in, in this novel as you learn about the two main characters. I've also brought in an American element because I was concerned that if there are too many just German characters, will American readers want to read it? So what I added was a Kennedy-esque family, um, like the Kennedys from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Don't to, I don't want to be sued, but <laughs> so, it's, so it's a rich family living actually in Cape Elizabeth, Maine. I'm from Maine and I'm familiar with Cape Elizabeth. Right. And it's a, it's a patrician father who wants his Catholic son to become the first Catholic president of the United States. It's a rich family. Their family is familiar with Hannah's family because Hannah is actually raised by a rich German family. So it, it all comes together. And what made it an interesting parallel is what, well, was that, and people may or may, may not know this, that Joe Kennedy had one of his daughters lobotomized, Rosemary. Yeah, I uh, heard about that. Yes. So, it, you know, what the Nazis went a lot further than that, but to me mm-hmm. it was an interesting parallel uh, because as the Nazis were doing this to their children, Americans were doing something else. Actually, the Nazis educated themselves on this type of behavior on American policy during the 20s and 30s. Uh, it wasn't unusual. In fact, it's a popular philosophy, uh, eugenics, mm-hmm. where, you don't, where you don't want to pass on unpleasant genes to the next generation, sterilization, where you would prevent people who might pass on bad genes to the next generation. So this was going on in the United States as well, not obviously to the extent that as Germany, but the Germans picked up on it and, and went to the next 100 levels. Right. But I think that it, it, it all, you bring these four disparate people together in the end in a very interesting way. Uh, so it is a mystery. You're going to try to you, <clears throat> figure out who, who done it. Uh, I, if, you, if people out there do pick up the book, and I hope you do, don't read ahead because the resolution is in the very last sentence. Sorry. So, so don't read the last page. <laughs> Understand. So let me ask this then. So the World War II Nazi, the things that they did, all this is a very heavy topic, a very sobering thing to look into. I remember learning about it in high school and then through the years reading different things about it and that time frame. What made you or really drove you into looking into this and how accurate did you make some of the events or locations that you found in your research into the book? Unfortunately, I, I didn't have a lot of money, so I, I didn't travel to Germany. And, and obviously, I wasn't in Germany in, during World War II. Right. I, I was led to it primarily because, again, my grandfather was a prosecutor of Nazis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he wasn't at the main Nuremberg trial uh, where Goering and Speer and Hess were, were on trial. Uh, he prosecuted the capos, the prison guards, the minor people, uh, although uh, many of those that he prosecuted were executed. Interestingly enough, while he was there, this happened a lot, he had an affair with a German woman, and that affair produced a daughter, a much younger half-sister to my mother. Um, and after the war, I, I'm getting, I got this story from my mother. The, the, the woman he had an affair with wanted to come to the United States and bring her child. But my grandmother and mother adamantly opposed it. 
Um, so it's this history that led to it. But uh, you know, as you do the research, you learn that the war for the, the common soldier may have ended in April of 1945 or early May, but it didn't end for the German people. Two million German women were raped by the Russian soldiers as they were coming into Germany. The, the, German, the Russian soldiers were told by their leaders, look, you, look what the Germans did to us, to our people. You mm-hmm. have free reign to do whatever you want. So two million women were raped by the Russians. 200,000 were raped by American soldiers. The British committed rape. The French committed rape. It wasn't a pleasant existence. 400,000 people committed suicide in Germany as the war was coming to an end as it ended. Um, some of them committed suicide because, well, they were Nazis and they didn't want to face justice. Right. In other, in other cases, Hitler was saying at the very end, better die than surrender. So some people took, took him at his word. Other people, and you know, you know, you can be forgiven if you think, well, good, the German people got what they deserved. But there were good German people who, who didn't support the Nazis. After right. 13, 13 years of living under Hitler, now they were faced with living under Stalin. So for many, it was just it was just too much trauma. It, it was a breakdown. They, could, they couldn't tolerate it. Parents would tie rocks to their waist, tie rocks to the children's waist and, and wade out into the nearest pond or lake. Uh, so there were mass, this was mass suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could walk through a park, which on another ordinary day, you might see mothers pushing their prams or lovers hand in hand. And you would see one, two, three, four people hanging from trees. It was that bad. So I, I, wor- I bring all of this in because Germany was decimated at the end of the war. It was a mess, uh, but it also made it interesting, um, an interesting time for a perspective for the survivors and a perspective that detective Navi Chrysler to, to flourish and to try to survive doing what they know, know best. Right. And that, that leads to the sequel, which I'm glad to say the publisher is, is going to publish. I don't know when that will come out. Uh, call the unfound, but that that will deal again. We'll be seeing Hanner and Silky and Avi, but that will deal with how some of the Nazis managed to elude capture and made their way to places like Argentina. Um, so there was a lot going on uh, at that time. Very interesting. So that's why I set the novel in that because it's not just a, a, a nice beach blanket read. It's it's a novel where you you're going to be intrigued by the mystery. But you're also going to be drawn into the characters and in the time. And you're going to learn something uh, whether you want to or not. Right. So with that, where, I guess, what kind of interactions, because you have multiple characters in this that you just listed off that are going to be involved in the story and moving on to the sequel. Is What kind of interactions do they have with each other? Are there, I guess, is this sense of linear where it's following one person or you have multiple stories going in the book. The, the way I charted it out, uh, the way I outlined it was I have a chart. At the top mm-hmm. of the chart are the characters, like Hana, Silky, Avi. And on the side of the chart, I had before the war, during the war, and after the war. So mm-hmm. I would fill in the chart saying, okay, before the war, what has to happen to Hana? Before the war, what happens to happen to Silky? Before the war... What has to happen to Avi? And then the same thing during the war and after the war. What events have to happen? Mm-hmm. And then and then once I got, I thought, okay, okay, I think I have everything that I, I need in the novel. Uh, what order do, do I do it? Uh, so I would start by saying, well, the beginning has to be introducing Hana as the main character, being taken to the, to the institute, institute to be euthanized. 
And then I went, I went from there to, to, well, the next element should be, let's introduce the mystery. So that did cause me to move from before the war to after the war. So it, it, it goes that way. Um, so you, you're going from different time periods. But it's, I keep it fairly clear because there will be a date at the beginning of every chapter. So you'll see what's going on. Um, and it, so it's not linear. You, you'll see the characters interacting. Uh, there comes a point when Avi and Americans believe that Hannah, it, rather than being a victim, is actually perhaps a, a criminal herself um, who, who participated in, in, in medical experiments in Dhaka. So it all comes together. There, it's a neat package. I, I don't think anybody will be confused about it. All right. So is it kind of looking with the dates shifting in, from what you said, is it kind of a looking back and you're they're discussing or what I guess who's telling the story? Is it a is it one person telling the story or is it like just multiple? I'm trying to understand because it sounds like there's a mixture of characters and you're focusing on different ones at a different time. Yeah, well, it, I'm telling the story. So there are some novels where it's where the it's spoken from the point of view of the character. Right. Uh, in, this, in this case, it's, it's not. Um, it's it's me. So I, I start by introducing the main character in her situation. But because it's a mystery, I wanted to delve into the mystery. So we do jump ahead to a murder. To mm-hmm. somebody, somebody is killed by somebody. We don't know who because we don't want the mystery to resolve. Um, in the back of your mind, you keep you, you keep remembering what's going on. So the present day is the investigation. It's, it's obvious in the present investigating along with Americans because the American military that's that's also investigating the crime. So the, the present day will be, for the sake of the novel, 1947. Um, but we go back in time uh, through before the war, during the war, getting to know the characters, getting to know their relationships as we're building towards, well, why would somebody kill so-and-so? So that's what's going on in the background. Um, but the resolution and the actual investigation occur in the present. All right. Now, you have the unwanted out now. It's on Amazon in all these places. What? Who do you think would probably enjoy these books the most, or this book the most? And then, of course, the sequel when it comes out. Yeah. Um, it's, it is online. On, it is Amazon, but you can get it on Barnes & Noble. You can get it on – there's a Kindle version. You can get it at the publisher's website, Level Best Books. It's on a number of sites. I think it's for a a lot of different types of people. And if you like a good mystery, this, again, will keep you guessing. And I bet you won't guess. uh, But that's just, you know, if you do, I'll take you out to dinner. But you you, you won't know until the last line. If you like historical, it takes place during World War II. You could say it's an adult novel because it's historical, but the main characters start out, Hannah's 14 and Silky's 16. So you could say a high school age would also enjoy it. So it, it's meant to be it's meant to be enjoyed by a broad spectrum of people. All right. So it's like a YA, but historical, maybe a coming of age thing where there's a whole bunch of crime, murder and other things happening in the novel. So what is there a lesson or is there something you were hoping to push or be seen in the story? Or is it just you had the story and you wanted to tell it? Where did you 
because I know some people with stories like this, they have a message they try to tell with it. Um, I don't know so much a message. I, I think certainly you, you will learn from it, and you'll learn in a way that's not boring. You'll, you'll just absorb as you go along. I, I mean, I think the message certainly is we're better off as a race of human beings if we care about one another than if we look at look down our nose and despise people because they practice a different religion or they look differently or their sexuality is different. Uh, that only leads to murder, mayhem, chaos, the downfall of humanity. Um, my concern is that <clears throat> we, we can't say that World War II or that fact of World War II ended in 1945 because those feelings continue to exist in, in America today. We're seeing it today, unfortunately, mm. uh, where distrust is, is breaking this country apart. It's shameful. It's unnecessary. Oh, I agree. So, and yeah, I mean... The war might have ended, but some of the mentalities have followed through. Some of the hatred that stemmed on both sides seemed to follow through. So I I do think that that sounds like a great message to try to say, maybe not intentional, like you said, but a good message to stop mistrusting people and stop hating people for difference of views, for religions, for whatever it might be. People are people. Exactly. I have autistic children. and. Had they lived in Germany back then, um, they would have been executed. One of my sons is gay. He would have been executed for that. We have Jewish. We're Jewish. We've been executed. So uh, there are any number of reasons why we wouldn't have survived. <laughs> right. I mean, it's anymore nowadays, it seems like most population would be with the Germans standard would have been executed or done away with because you're starting to discover a whole lot more mental illnesses physical traits, things like that. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things that people should not obviously be judged by any character than the character of who they are in the sense of how they treat people, how they work. Um, I guess where I need to, what I'm really curious about is with the next book, do you have any insights or any things that you can give us a look ahead on that? Well, this novel will be based on research I did Primarily by an Austria, uh, by an Argentinian journalist who looked into how so many Nazis escaped and settled in, in Argentina. Um, so this involved members of the Vatican, members of the Red Cross, uh, friendly governments like Franco in Spain and um, Perón in Argentina. Uh, so that's so the premise of the second novel will be uh, an organization geared to getting some of these people out uh, without being captured. And the main characters will be uh, will be Hannah again and Avi. All right. So is there is this going to follow the same suit of a mystery thriller kind of, um, maybe not thriller, but a mystery novel? Or are you kind of changing things up a little bit in it? Um, what will be different is it won't be going back and forth in time. Uh, it'll all take place in 1947. Uh, there is a murder that occurs, um, which gets Avi involved. Um, and again, we don't know who was killed or uh, who did the killing. Uh, it, it's got a beautiful ending, <laughs> which I don't want to give away. There's, there's a, there's a two-word ending, but it's, a I, I think, a brilliant ending. All right. And is there a plan for a third third in the series, or is it going to be just the two books? There's a, I mean, there's a potential, but it, I have to see that there's a reason for doing it. 
if this novel and the sequel don't sell uh, and I'm just treading water, what's the, what's the point? Yeah. I understand. I just, assume, I, I just assume not. There, there could be this. There's a lot. It's, there's a lot of possibilities with the Cold War coming in Germany at that time. There's a mm-hmm. lot going on. So you, certainly there could be a third and fourth novel, but I'll, I'll have to wait and see how these two novels do. I understand. So, all right. Well, with that, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I understand you have a lot going on, and I think I want to make sure that people know that they can find all your information at authorblurb.com, as well as the show notes going to have the information that you've given me as well. Where do you prefer people to reach out for to contact you if they want to learn more about you? What's the best place for them to do so? Well, I have a I hired this time. I decided to go all out. So I'm probably spending more money than I'm ever going to make, but I did hire somebody to do a great website. So if you have the link to that, that would be a good way to find out about uh, the novel and myself. You know, people, I hate Facebook, but people go on Facebook if they want. And generally speaking, I go on and I'll, I'll respond. I'm, I'm not, there's just, there's been such a proliferation, you know, TikTok and, and Instagram mm-hmm. and all these other people keep sending me to 5,000 other new places. <laughs> you know. Right probably Facebook. But again, if you don't want to actually talk to me, just want to find out, just go onto the website. It's probably the best. All right. So with that being said, I appreciate you being on. It was definitely a pleasure talking with you and learning about your book, The Unwanted, and getting an insight on the next book. So this is going to be the end of the conversation that everyone else is going to be listening to. But for you and I, we're going to talk a little bit more if you can hold on. Sure. That is the end of the show, the end of the conversation, but not the end of all the authors. Come back next week, and we will have another author, somebody for you to find, love, and enjoy. And hopefully, you're sharing these authors, sharing the show, sharing the website, authorblurb.com, with people you know, because every reader deserves to find that author they love. So again, goodbye from authorblurb.com where authors and readers connect. And remember, we appreciate you being here and look forward to seeing you at the next episode.